This is the Game Time Guru Podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. As you guys know by now, my name is Shane Larson, host of the show. Got to give a shout out to all my listeners. You know, it's uh, been quite a journey uh, with the show for almost the last six years, as we have now hit 113 countries at the time of this recording. And just this last week of this recording, uh, we were ranked number one in Norway under the sports basketball podcast section. But under the sports specific podcast section, it was 101st. And I know it's not just a, a basketball-specific podcast. You guys are going to hear the interview today. It's not basketball-related at all. It's actually baseball-related. But we do have subcategories for the podcast. It's sports, basketball, baseball, football. And under each one of those categories, they get ranked. So I want to give a shout-out to all the, the listeners out there as we hit Norway. We hit number one on the charts there. And even if it's just for a day or two, that shows that people are listening to the show, and we appreciate you guys for, for tuning in. So thank you, guys. If you guys don't know the, the cadence of this show by now, I just want to remind you all, that every Friday morning, a new episode releases. I'll be interviewing a sports figure from somewhere to hear their story. And we release episodes every single Friday. And uh, if you guys want to jump on board, hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening on and uh, tune in. So today, we got quite a story. I got to give a shout out to uh, Chris Blanchard again. So Chris hooked me up with another awesome guest. You know, uh, Blanchard's just doing his thing. He's, he hooked me up with a guest before, which was his brother. Um, and now he, he hits me up and he's like, Hey Shane, would you be interested in hearing from, our, from this guy? Da, 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 da. And he tells me the story. I said, would I be interested? Dude, that's like the perfect <laughs> type of guest. So I'm excited. I got to give a shout out to Chris Blanchard, but joining me is a former professional baseball player who was the first and was the only up until this year, professional baseball player to hit the home run cycle in a game. And so we're going to be talking about his career, learning more about that story right there. And, uh, just kind of learning his insight in the baseball world. His name is Tyrone Horn. Tyrone, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to rewind the clock real quick. We, we've got some storylines here for, from you, but I want to rewind the clock to your younger days, Tyrone. Before you got to the professional game of baseball, for those who are out there, I, I've got a lot of younger athletes that are aspiring you know, to try to get to the next level, whether that be college or the professional level. Baseball is an interesting sport in that regard because the professional level, there's many levels of professional baseball, right? right. And so... Yes. But it doesn't mean like every one of those levels is harder than the first level, it seems like. So I want to talk to you about your baseball background. When you actually decided like, hey, baseball was my sport. How old were you when you were playing? And, and when you made that decision to like, hey, I'm going to put all I can into this and try to make it to the, the top level of baseball. I would say I started playing baseball when I was probably five or six. And um, I played um, three sports. I played uh, basketball, baseball, and football. And I would say probably football was probably my my best sport. And um, um, I think my junior or senior year, uh, we got a new high school coach at my high school. And um, he, uh, he came up to me and said, Tyrone, I have a scout friend uh, that can that um, I'm going to refer you to to my scout friend for him to come and scout you, you know, and 
you know, I've been a high school kid. I was oblivious to everything. I'm like, oh, well, okay, so what, you know? And and then, um, to be honest with you, he scouted me about four or five times, and I never knew that he was there. Oh, and wow. And I just went to my game, and I played, you know, I played the way I normally play. You know, I, I played hard, and I, you know, and, and I was hitting the ball pretty good and stuff. And and uh, he loved what he saw. And um, so I had some options to to take a pun. I, I had a scholarship from football, basketball, and baseball. But my football scholarship, uh, I broke my ankle in my last uh, football game of my high school career. And uh, that kind of swayed me to baseball. If I know what I broke my foot in football, I probably would have went on to college and played football and baseball as well. But when I broke my foot uh, my last game, that kind of swayed me to where I can really focus on baseball. And then once I broke my ankle, then my whole priority went to baseball. Then wow. I got drafted uh, in 89. Um, of June 89 and I went to um, rookie ball and then um, that was an open experience right there because uh, I've never been away from home or um, I'm in Florida I'm in Bradenton, Florida and I'm around there was four teams in the facility you know and I ain't know nobody at all so I'm homesick yeah. <laughs> per se and you know it just you know and just Listen to you know the older coaches and, and older players kind of gave me a, a better understanding of what I needed to do to to uh, sustain my to uh, sustain my uh, career. Very interesting though. So like multi sport athlete going through yes, the majority of your life. Then obviously high school you were football dominant. It, it sounds yeah. like yeah. injury injury causes you to to kind of make the focus towards baseball now this is the interesting thing i wanted to ask like so did you get drafted right out of high school to go yes, play professionally oh, okay yes. see this is interesting because that does change the trajectory of your life because from football you don't have the opportunity to play professionally right out of high school you have to no. go to college baseball is one of those unique sports that does offer you that opportunity and you know i am curious that tyrone when you made that transition to be playing at the high school level of baseball to now the professional granted it might it's the minors but like it's still professional. So yes, talk to me is. about that transition. You mentioned the homesickness. Just being away from home was a transition. What was the skill like? Was it a little bit of a transition from the skill side? It was um, It was so different. Like there's guys that run like you, you know, throw like you, hit like you, you know, and, and, but it's all about the heart, you know, and, and determination and, and, um, and our work ethic, you know. And that's one thing that I learned my first year of playing where you got to, have a great work ethic, you know, and you gotta have determination, you know, you can't, you know, you may have 0 for 4, you can't get, you know, down on yourself, you gotta keep working at it. And, you know, it just, I mean, the homesickness, man, it was bad. And, um, but, you know, I, uh, I hung it out, I mean, you know, I hung through and everything and I, but the, I mean, the thing is like, you know, they provide us with, uh, with materials for us to, um, to read and to understand what we are doing what uh, profession that we was going into and, you know, and also they kind of educate us that, you know, there are going to be slumps and, and, you know, it's all about how you react to that slump and, you know, I mean, there are going to be trials and tribulations and you got to be able to, to uh, react to that and, 
you know, in my first year, it was tough. But, you know, um, I played well in rookie ball. and It got me another year, you know, and then it went from there. And, like, I would say every year I learned something different every year because, you know, the old saying is, you know, you got to get around yourself some um, some old heads, yeah. you know, meaning veterans, you know. And um, I was just like a sponge, you know. So I just got around the old veterans and stuff, and I listened to them, you know, and I just absorbed everything they was telling me. And also I watch, you know. I'm a good watcher, you know. I'm a good watcher, a good listener. And so, so I watch and I listen to what they was doing that kind of, uh, provided me with more knowledge to be uh, more successful. That's awesome. That's great advice too for the younger athletes out there to be a sponge, like observe yes, and do that. You, got to. you can always learn. It sounds like you, yes. you, like you just said, you're at the professional level, but every year you're learning something new. Every, um, every, every year. And implementing that into your into your profession, you know the it's there's a lot of stories about minor league baseball, right? The professional level, but at the minors, just because it's not the quote unquote glamorous lifestyle that maybe you see in the majors no, and sir, so forth. <laughs> so it's talk not. to us, talk to us about that, then Tyrone. Like going, like I guess, did you have to ride the bus to these locations? What were the bus rides like? What was the travel like? Like what was the atmosphere at the games Ooh. like? I want to hear about what the the real stories of the minors. Shane, I tell you, man. You go from eating peanut butter and jelly cheese, I mean, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to a cup of soup, you know, because rookie ball is, I mean, basically it's played from June until in the August. And so, so rookie ball, you get up, uh, you got to be up by seven o'clock. You got to go to the cafeteria, eat breakfast. And you are, and you basically, uh, you at the field from eight until lunchtime which is served on the field, uh, a cup of hot soup in high degree weather with some crackers, you know? But what? it was soup, crackers, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And uh, rookie ball, it was tough. Eight ball, the trouble, I mean, I mean, I mean the trouble was, it was good, but the money wasn't that, I mean, the main, I mean, the money was terrible, man. You know, because every, I would say, every organization has their, I would say the the level of uh, of pay. You got rookie ball, A ball, single A, double A in the big league. I mean, a double, triple A in the big leagues. And, and their pay is so different because your first four years, or or how long you got paid in an organization, where your first five years is set one pay. So so oh, wow. you're in A ball, you get six hundred dollars. You and, is this a uh, month? I mean, six hundred a month. Ball, six hundred dollars, huh? Is that a month? Six hundred yes. a month? Yeah. Oh wow. And eight balls. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Rookie ball is six hundred dollars a month. Say a ball is probably eight hundred dollars a month. And then um, high A is is a, is a thousand. Double A is twelve hundred. Triple A is fifteen hundred a month. So your first five years, you are struggling because you know the pay is terrible. You got, I mean, you got to live with four or five guys to be able to, to be able to survive. Um, and the only way that you can survive is if he was a bonus baby. See what I'm saying? And, and a bonus baby is if you get a, uh, if you get drafted high and you get a certain amount of bonus, you know? Yeah. Me, 
I was for the fourth round pick in the organization. So my bonus was a thousand bucks. That's all I got. A thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, well other guys getting a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, you know what I mean? But you know, it's just but I mean but um but the caveat is your six years you become a free agent to where you can sign with any organization that you want to, but also you get to you get to uh negotiate your salary. Uh-huh. So so I played thirteen years, so after my sixth year I was negotiating my salary. So so I went from making eleven hundred to making ten thousand a month or eight thousand a month. See what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So so, so uh, there's a big difference there compared to the major leagues, which is just it just makes no sense, you know? <laughs> it, it just it makes no sense. I mean the money difference are there, I mean cause cause the big league has they had the license deals. They got, um, they got, um, um, you get bonuses. You get, you know, you get um, a uh, higher per diem. Yeah. You're in five stars hotels. You fire first class. You know, right. All that stuff. It's, I mean, it's all roses and stuff, you know. But the minor leagues, man, it's like it's different, man. You, I mean, you plan on. I mean, on infields that's got rocks and, you know, got gravel in there and the, the outfield wall is made of cement. So you crash into the wall, you basically going to kill yourself or get a concussion, you know? Yeah. I mean, the wall don't give. See, in the big leagues, the wall gives. Oh, Not yeah. The wall don't give. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I it's definitely know, not. I hit the wall. You tested it out. Leagues. You had a test run, man. Tyrone had a yes. test run at the wall. Yes. He knows. I hit the, yes. So this is what I, I, you know, it's interesting, Tyrone, because I've, it's, it's, those are the stories that I actually am glad that you shared, like the little intricacies of the game, because people don't see that. Um, mm-hmm. The general public aren't, they're not going to see that. So what it kind of reminds me of at a different scale is like junior college athletics, uh, yes. depending on where you're at, right? So, and, and sometimes that actually changes the mentality. Like every junior college is going to be different. Some of them have good weight rooms. Some of them don't have any weight rooms. Some of them mm-hmm. have dorms at the, at, at the campus. Some of them you have to live on your own. Like right. there's junior colleges are different, but then also the mentality of the athletes on the junior college programs can be a little different because some of them are there to just simply play for the two years and they know that their collegiate career is probably going to be done after that. Some right. of them are trying to get division one looks, right? So everybody has exactly. a different mentality. So I'm curious, did you ever run into that in the minors with like, or did everybody seem to have one common goal and that was to make it to the next level, make it to the next contract, make it to the next year? Or did you have guys that were there that were just like happy to be there and they didn't really care if they made it to the next goal? Cause I'm, I'm curious how that worked. I played with a lot of guys that, that was just happy to be there. And then there was a lot of guys that, you know, their, their goal was to get to, uh, to the major leagues and stuff. And, you know, you know, my, my goal was to, you know, to be a major league player. But um, um, the thing about it is, is that you got to, you got to stay, um, you got to stay humble and you got to, you know, you, you got to, I could have easily, per se, went back to college and played football or whatever. But, you know, I knew that I wanted to, um, to fulfill my dream and you know and I just wanted uh, I didn't want to leave um, leave a stone 
uncover, you know. I want to cover oh, yeah. every stone that I had to go to, and I want to uncover it and stuff. You know, it's like, at the thing, I mean, I was told this by a veteran. If the Tyrone's to listen, in the Mount Leaves, you are basically, every game that you're playing, you are basically auditioning yourself to 30 other organizations because there are scouts at every game. Uh-huh. So, 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 so you can't, you got to take the, I mean, yes, I was with the Expos per se, and that's who drafted me, but I was, I mean, I wasn't in the big leagues, so I was in the mountain league. So basically, I was, I was every game that I played, I was auditioning for every, I mean, for other teams to look at me, and they like what they saw, then they can trade for me, yeah. or they can remember who I was, and then when I get eligible to become free agent, then they can call me up, whatever. But that's one thing that I learned is that you gotta, you gotta. Uh, play hard every single day because you never knew you never know who's watching you. Yeah. You know, there are scouts out there. You don't you may see them behind home plate or you may see them in the left field line, right field line, whatever, but you you gotta audition stuff for other teams and stuff. And uh, that's one thing that Bession told me and and that was my mindset. It's like, yes, I'm a I'm an expo but also, in the meantime, I'm going to go out and show out every game because you, you never know who's in the stands. So, and uh, that's what I did. I like that. I hope that all the listeners right now, especially the young athletes, I, co- I coach uh, high school basketball at the club mm-hmm. level. So we coach club basketball. And I want those athletes specifically to take your advice because it can be it can be applied to any sport, baseball, any, basketball, any sport, football. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, you never know who's watching. We used to tell them that, know. Tyrone, like, we, we might get – we might be getting beat by, you know, 10, 20 points in a game on a travel tournament, but you know, there might be two or three scouts there to watch somebody else. And these kids have terrible attitudes. I'm like, guys, you literally don't know. This might be your opportunity to show your leadership and show your skill set, even if you're losing. So like pay attention because you never know who's watching. Know. And that's, that's exactly a really good right. piece of advice. And that's even exactly at the professional right. level, man. It's crazy. See, see, see the thing. What's ironic is I'm a certified scout. Ah. So, so I went to scout school in 2006. So I really saw, and I, I really saw how they done things. I'm like, wow, man. You know, if I would have known this back when I played, it'd been, been different, but you know, now I see. Because I'll give you a prime example. I said, Shane, if I get your number, I mean, if I get uh, alert about you, you know, you're left feather, you know, left-handed hitter, 6'3", whatever, power hitter in the gaps, whatever. So I'm gonna go, and scout you. So I'm gonna go to your game, you know, I may introduce myself to you, you know, or I mess out of your coach, whatever, but I'm gonna scout you. And then how it works is, it's I can write a report about you that can make you look like you are Tipper Jones. Ah. See what I'm saying? It's yeah. all about, see, and I learned in scout school, it's all about how the scouts like you. The, the scout can make and break you by what they put in the report. Oh wow! You know what I'm saying? Oh yes, because because I found see, see my report with me was I was what was it? Uh, they told me that I was what did I say? I said, I said I think my report was I was lazy or something like that. Or oh, wow. something that I'm like what? 
you know, or, or, or I had a, um, I had a, um, my arm was low average arm. I couldn't run or, or, or whatever, but you know, uh, I prove all of them wrong, but you know, but the scouts can make or break you. So and I learned in the scout school. To that point, then Tyrone, that's that's very interesting. Having the scouting perspective of it. Yes. If you were telling an athlete right now that might be, let's let's say either talking to a scout, whether it's at the professional level, or maybe they're talking to a recruiter at the collegiate level. Is there a way that uh, an athlete should conduct themselves? Do you, do you think that it's important for an athlete to go and meet the scout and shake their hand and say that outside of the skill set of their sport that they're playing, obviously that's going to be an important role, but like, is there a way they should con- conduct themselves if they know that their scout's watching? I wouldn't even see uh, – my mentality was, you know, I know they don't mind. You know, I just done what I had to do. You know, I know that I played hard. I run, you know, on all the field. You know, I never show my emotion on the field, whatever. So, so my thing is to maintain your, I mean, be yourself, do what you do every single day, but, but also have the mentality that you never know who's watching you. See what yeah. I'm saying? Because you can't, you know, um, cause here in town, uh, where I live at, I coach high school baseball too, you know, and, and uh, there's some kids on the team that's pretty good players, whatever, you know, and I, you know, and a kid go over four, or or kid hit a uh, hit a hard, I mean, uh, hard line drive, and he run third base, throw his helmet down, or show emotion, whatever. I'm like, dude, like, come on, man. You know, that's not. I mean, I mean, I mean, control your emotions because you know, because as a scout, you know, I'm watching how you behave. Yeah. Going over four, or how you behave when you make four hours in the game. Or you see what I'm saying? Or make an error or whatever. You know, I'm seeing how you're going to react to that. You know, are you going to be down on yourself and make more errors or throw your help even more? Or or are you going to learn from your mistake and, you know, and improve? Because so, cause that's one thing that, that they taught me in scout school is like, you know, I mean, you watch mannerisms. Yeah. You know what I mean? How someone behaves can tell you about how they're going to gonna be successful in sports. You know oh, what I'm yeah. Because oh, yeah. one thing I learned, I mean, uh, my, I had a manager in A-Ball. His name was Lynn Jones. And Lynn Jones was the first base coach for the Red Sox. And uh, he was with the Marlins. And then I was playing A-Ball. You know, I used to get upset and, you know, I made my helmet or whatever. And I, I'm, I'm a little... The young guy. I mean, I mean, I played with my uh, my motion on my sleeve. It, it, you know, I played hard and stuff, and I want to improve. It's Tyrone. This, come on now. You know, there's scouts in the stands here, so you know what I mean. It, it, it's how it, it's a perception. Yep. You know what I mean. It's your perception. So he taught me there, there, and he find me too. By the way, when I'm a pocket, so I like no more throwing helmets. So, <laughs> so right there. <laughs> I learned a lesson there. Yeah, I mean, I, I would light up a pocket, but also I learned a lesson, you know, like, you know, it's not the equipment fault. You know, it, you know, you got to just, you know, you got to you know, make adjustments. It's all about making adjustments. Man, what good insight, too. Like, that's just so wild. It's easy to be happy when things are going well. It's like, what happens when the storm hits? How do you how do you conduct yourself? You and that's kind of yes, great to hear your experiences there, too. Now, Tyrone, I mentioned earlier, you know, the the – the big storyline of, of your professional career, one of them, 
was the fact that you hit the home run cycle. And up yes. until literally, I believe it was just a few months back. It was this year, I think, yeah. in 2022. I think you were the months, only months ago. Sorry. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that, it wasn't that yeah. long. Um, you were the only professional to ever hit for the home run cycle. And so talk to us about that. Like, how long was that into your career? And I want to hear about that story so that the people who are listening that are baseball fans, especially be like, what <laughs> the heck? They probably never like that doesn't even seem possible. Right. But that's yeah, what's cool. Probably, yeah. your work ethic. So go, go. Let, let's hear it. So uh, it, it was it was 98. I was with St. Louis Cardinals organization and I was assigned to um, Little Rock, Arkansas. So I'm, you know, and and quite honestly, um, the team that we played on, it, it was a pretty good team, and the league was pretty competitive. You know, in that league was um, um, Adrian Beltre, um, um, uh, Carlos Bantrum was in that league, um, Lance Breck was in that league, and also you know. So it was a league pretty, I mean, it, it, it was pretty competitive and stuff. And so I'm in St. Louis, I'm in Little Rock, double A. And, um, you know, I, have, I, I was having a, a, a good season, you know, up in left field, I hit in third, uh, third and fourth. And, and um, uh, it was, it was a crazy night, man, because we was, we uh, had bus from Little Rock to San Antonio, which is like, her 18 hour bus ride. Oh, that was gross. like, good lord, man. <laughs> but the thing is, see, a Little Rock had, um, we had this bus that you can make the seats into beds. Okay. Uh, uh, so we all had beds on the bus, so we slept on the bus. But man, it, it was still uncomfortable. But, you know, then uh, that night was crazy because um, we were playing San Antonio. Uh, which is a pitcher-friendly field. I mean, the wind blowing in constantly. You know, balls don't go out hard at all. And um, uh, I'm a left-handed hitter, so their whole staff is left-handed pitchers. Uh -huh. And they throw um, three-quarter. Um, uh, the, the arm angle is uh, three-quarter. So, so they throw sidearm. So that's a disadvantage there. But, you know, I was hitting good against Leslie that, I mean, during the whole season. And um, that night uh, before, I was up fighting with my ex-wife on the phone. Oh, jeez. I was up at 3, 4 in the morning arguing with her about something that I probably done. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and my best friend, which was on the team, was Mike Harge. So, I mean, I mean, we was up, you know, all night talking and stuff. And so um, I had this. I said, uh, I told him, I said, man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the ballpark. And I'm gonna ask uh, Hammer, which is our manager, uh, for a day off. And he said, uh, and so I, I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it, Shane. I was just, I was stressed out mentally. And I'm like, man, yeah. I don't want to play today. I just want to just take a day off. So, so we got two buses uh, to the ballpark. So I caught the second bus. And I get, uh, I mean, I'm on the bus, just stressed out. You know, it's getaway day, and um, we, so I get the ballpark. I ain't looking line up. I'm hitting third. I said, oh, screw it, whatever. So um, I go get dressed, go to the batting practice. I had saying I probably, <clears throat> I played in 89 in the pros in 98. So I played nine years. I probably had the worst batting practice I had in nine years. In, my, in, in nine years. 
I was hitting the ball like Willie May. Hey, you see the movie? Oh, it's yeah. Me. I was hitting the ball in the cage. I mean, straight up. I'm like, oh, I, I looked at Mike. I said, man, this is going to be a bad day. This is going to be a bad night. I don't feel I said, man, this is going to be a long, bad night. So, you know, I, I get down to Ben Rogers. I go and get dressed and get ready for the ball game. And the rest is history. And, yeah. um, and, and, and actually, uh, uh, Hammer gave the day off to JD Drew. Uh, he played, uh, he got, I mean, he got drafted by the Phillies the year before, and he uh, refused to sign with the Phillies. So he re entered a draft, and the Cardinals drafted him. So they sent him to Little Rock. And um, so he was hitting, he, he, he was hitting third, all hitting fourth. So, so he had day off, and I played, uh, hit third in the rest of history. And then it just like, you know, the first home run I hit, I was like, wow. I mean, cause, cause I hit something like that before, but it didn't go out. But that night there, I hit my first one. I'm like, I mean, it was left in the field. I'm like, wow. You know, I run on the bases. I'm like, you know, I had a little smirk on my face. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. So I get up, so I get up the second time and uh, I do, uh, uh, he threw me another one. You know, I hit it to right center. I'm like, oh, oh my! And I'm running a grand slam. I'm like, oh my god, like, what's going on here? So I'm, I'm in my eyes, like, I didn't know what. I'm like, this is crazy. So I ran the bases. So uh, I come up my third time. I, I tell my boy Mike. I said, Mike, man. I said, you know what? He said, what horn? He said, man, I never hit three home runs in the game before. He said, really? I said, no, nah, man, I never hit three. I never hit three home runs in the game before. He said. Well, you gonna try? Like I ain't, you know. I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna try." <laughs> so first pitch, got him again. It's right field, and and then at the, I mean, that three there, so I'm like, oh, so, so my grin is like, you know, it's wilder. Oh yeah, bigger. it's getting but, ear you know, to ear. I never <laughs> understood the magnitude of what I was doing, and so and then my last my last home run was the opposite field one, and then it was just it was just crazy that you know. Then the ball, I mean, I was hitting the ball pretty good too, and and I was seeing the ball really good, and it, I mean, it was just, it was a magical night for me, something that that I can, I mean, I would never forget about. Man, all of those things, because the the story behind it's what's wild to me, almost as much as the whole concept of you actually doing it, uh, like yes. fighting with the ex-wife till the early morning hours, almost not gonna play. Uh, the other dude in front of you decides he's getting a day off, so you get moved up to the third batting. So, like, all of these things, you're having a bad batting practice, all of those things, 18-hour bus ride, a dude. And then you just start cranking it. Cranking now, it. Tyrone, when you were doing that, when you were hitting your home, did you realize, like, obviously, like, hitting multiple homers is one thing, but was it resonating in your mind that, like, this is the home run cycle? Like, no. did you know that? Like, no. like this is the home run cycle? I didn't know that until uh, after the game when they, um, they, uh, in, they interviewed me uh, on the field, and um, I, I, I dumb interview in the field. We're going in the clubhouse, and then uh, Jim Rome called the clubhouse, and that's how I knew. Because Jim Rome and some other, and like home run cycle. Because all I knew was I had four home runs. Ah. You know, I had four home runs and had 10 RBIs. I mean, that's all I knew. And then I was like, you know, I was happy that I mean, that I got four hits. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> But um, uh, and I didn't know until after the game clubhouse, and then everything went crazy there because I was on Good Morning America, and I was 
been interviewed left and right. Hall of Fame called me and stuff. And then I had a home run derby. I mean, the next day or two, I got like Little Rock. I won that, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was just, it was crazy. And, you know, and just the exposure and their experience was crazy, you know, because there's a story that I tell kids here. It's like, I don't think you remember here, but when I was growing up, every Saturday night and every Saturday in the morning at eight o'clock in the morning, they had this, um, it's a major league, uh, it's a baseball show. And, and, uh, and, and uh, on the show, they have uh, former and current major league players on there talking about baseball and drills and, and their experience and stuff. So as a little kid, I used to watch that show every Saturday. You know, Reggie Jackson, Don Madley, uh, Hank Aaron, you know, all those guys that used to be on the show. And and I used to watch it every single day and go out and imitate what I saw. So those very same guys that I saw growing up had the opportunity to be shoulder, I mean, elbow, elbow with them. You know, I met oh, all yeah. those guys. And, you know, coming from a rural town, you know, where I'm from and stuff, I never even dreamt that that would ever happen. And, uh, and dreams do come true because I mean, that was one of my dreams were to be a professional baseball player. Man, so cool, man. This is so, it's, it's just so awesome to hear how it all it all panned out. Now, Tyrone, uh, obviously the exposure afterwards, I can't even imagine if you – like, I. here's the thing. I didn't hear about the other guy who had done that until probably – like, I don't know, a couple weeks back, to be honest. Yeah. But, like, if if you would have done that today, normally speaking, if you're within that, social media would blow that up. Oh, Jim yes. Oh, I mean, oh, I mean, yes. if you're already on Good Morning oh, America and all those different things and talking oh, to Jim Rome, like, dude, that would have blown up all over the place. ESPN Top 10, all the stuff. Um, so it's kind of crazy that you still got that exposure without even the assistance of social media yeah. and whatnot. Um, here's my question. After that happened, um, did you play much longer after that happened? I want to know like the rest of your baseball career, kind of how it panned out. And when you knew it was time, this is a, it's a question I ask athletes. Like when did you know it was time to hang them up uh, and, and move on to the next part of, I guess your, your life and your career? Well, um, I played uh, three more years and um, I was disappointed uh, with the Cardinals because I really wanted to resign with them and they never offered me a contract. And um, I was disappointed um, in not getting called up uh, that year. Um, I felt like what I had done that season, I deserved a call up to the big leagues. And the only thing I got was a call up to Triple A. And because um, I was a, um, I was a Texas League player of the year, a minor league player of the year. I was on the All Star team and all stuff like that. And uh, from the also team that, that I was on, I was probably the only guy that didn't call, get caught up. And wow. I felt like it was a, it was a disservice to me. I don't know the reason why. I mean, no one never, uh, I would never know the reason why. But I felt like I felt cheated per se. But um, and then um, I played the season out in AAA, and I done well there. In the following year, I mean, following off season, I'm looking for a contract with the Cardinals again, but never offered me one. So I, so I played uh, with the Phillies in '99, the Yankees in 2000. No, the Yankees. No, I went overseas in 2000. In 2001 was my last year, 
and I had neck surgery. I had uh, it, the, the reason why I had to retire from playing was I had neck surgery because I played my last year. My last year playing was in 2001, and I played the whole year with um, I had a rough disc in my neck, two of them, C5, C6, and I played the whole year with it. And then no, that I and I didn't know that I had I had rough in my neck. And then oh I, I, the only reason why I knew was I did an end of the season um, MRI. You know how you do? Oh yeah. At the end of your physicals, because yeah. I've been uh, I was complaining about my neck the whole season, and no one, no one. I mean, they figured that it was a pinched nerve, and um, so you know I, I mean it, it was crazy change because through that whole experience, I hit two ninety eight. I mean, oh, I mean, can you wow. imagine if I would have hit, I mean, if I've been healthy, I could have hit three something, you know, but, you know, I would yarn, my arm would go numb. I would sneeze, I would go numb. And and I played the whole season like that. And and I never knew what was a problem until after the season. And uh, he gave me an option. I found out, I did MRI, and I, and I was on my, I was driving from Texas to Idaho. And I got called from the doctor. Team doctor and I pulled over on the side of the road. He told me that I had, I mean, what was the issue? I'm like, are you serious? I mean, so I played the whole year like that. I could have been injured. Yeah. I could have been paralyzed. But oh, yeah. um, so I played that, uh, that year and I had surgery. And the doctor, he gave me an, uh, an option to have one disc done and then I could play more or get two done and I got to retire. And, uh, and, and my surgery, the same surgery that uh, Prince Dilla had. With the oh, Bulls. really? Yeah. Same surgery. Same surgery he had. So, so he had to retire, too. So so it, it, it's a pretty significant surgery. And and it's not, I mean, I mean, it, it's, it was probably the most uncomfortable season I had my whole career because my body couldn't get loose. And it was always, something was always bothering me. And. And I just couldn't get, I couldn't figure out what was wrong until the end of the year. But then I had to retire in 2001. It was my well, last year. I mean, obviously there's a reason that you had to. That, that's crazy. You played through a neck injury. Yeah. Neck injuries are no joke, man. That's, no that's joke wild. at all. That's and crazy. you know what, Tushane? Yeah. If I know it got hurt, I would probably played a little more longer. I, I was going to ask you that. Like, what do you, what do you believe you would have been able to play oh, without yeah. it? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, because I was 31. See, I was 31 when I retired. Okay. So I was in my prime. So, I mean, I could have played four or five more years easily. See, it's such a such a shame. But, I mean, the, the body, everything happens for a reason. Yes, the body, yes, was, yes. body wasn't holding up for you at that point. I do want to ask you, Tyrone, after all those years, though, I mean, the ups, the downs, everything in between, the home run cycle, the getting frustrated with the organization for not, you know, what you said you felt like you were cheated. You, were, you had a great year, didn't get called up. All those little things, ups, downs, everything in between. Do you have a favorite memory um, that that sticks out to you the most outside of the home run cycle? I should oh, say yeah. of of your uh, professional baseball experience. I would say my favorite memory is probably um, I was probably part of the, probably one of the best minor league teams in minor league history. It was ninety three. I was playing in Harrisburg in the Senators. And from that team that I played with, I think 15 to 20 guys played major league baseball. Oh, wow. And um, 
we was like rock stars, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was you no know, um Jim Tracy was our manager. Oh wow. Like he managed the Dodgers, you know, and and um that team um was probably the best team that I played on and it was just just love for one another. You know, we go to war and you know, we I mean we done team stuff together, we ate together. We just that was probably the the best time, you know, just being around a team and just love one another, you know, and, and just I mean the city loved us too, you know, and just yeah. you know, and, and when we go on uh, when we go on a road trip, you know, they I mean they knew who we were, you know, and just to seeing the fear just just seeing the fear of the opposing teams seeing us come on the field, man. I mean, we was Shane, I'll tell you, man, that team there, man, because we won over, I think we won over 140 games on that, something like that, man. And it was just ridiculous, man, because thinking about that, with that team there, we played uh, in the Eastern League. And so we was, we had blue teams out, whatever. And so we played uh, Canton, Akron, the Indians. Okay. Uh, that double team. And Shane, they had us down 0-2. O two, okay. Saying it best two out of three. Oh wow! Or, or no, no best so three out of five. Best probably. Three out of five. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, Shane, they they came to our place, and they beat us. They beat us um, twice, and then we go. Uh, so we had a bus ride. So we had like a eighteen hour bus ride uh, uh, to Ohio, and you know, and and we were just like, you know, we was nervous. You know, we was like, yeah. Man, we, we, we lost in the row so so it was just it was unbelievable because you know we get to Canton and then we stayed at the same hotel we all stayed there and then uh it was uh it was four it was four of us uh Mike and me Mike um Glenn and Tyrone Woods we ate at the same restaurant three days in a row we went to Chili three days in a row ate the same meal three days in a row <laughs> and then baby, it's so go. crazy, Shane, because because we go to the game, go to the ballpark. Their fans got the sheriff, the the, the champagne already in the clubhouse. Oh they wow! Got the brooms, they got brooms out. Tommy going to sweep us and stuff. And one of the players uh, yanked one of the brooms from the fans and kept it as a, a, a reminder. And Shane, man, we came back and won three games in a row. And Shane, we, we beat them guys. We scored 40, 45 runs, and they only scored five. Wow. In three games. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that right there was, it was amazing. We took, we bought, we took their champagne and brought it back over to our locker room, clubhouse, and we celebrated in their clubhouse. And it was just, it, it, man, it's something that's, it's something that is amazing. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful story, man. I love that. Yeah. That's the type of stuff that makes you smile years ago. Yeah, and years man, later. it was just unbelievable, <laughs> Shane. I'm like, man, it's something that you can, you know, you can't make up, you know, it just, it's unbelievable. It's, it, it's unbelievable. That's why I love sports, Tyrone. It's a, it's a brotherhood aspect to it. The yes. Competitive as aspect to it. There's just so much that you can learn 
through the entire journey. Now, last question I got for you before we wrap it up, man, like if you could just give any athletes uh, some advice, young athletes, baseball players that are aspiring to play at the next level, the biggest life lesson that you learned, maybe some, some advice you would give them, just one piece of advice. My biggest advice to to um, to younger guys now is to I, ha, I mean I have three of them. I have three. I have three. Uh, number one, you got to stay humble. Stay humble. Number two, you got to stay stay hungry. Meaning, don't don't settle. Don't settle for for less. Always want to be better than somebody else. Because my mentality was was that I'm a left fielder. There's other left fielders around me, then I want to be better than their I mean to them. So I'm gonna work extra harder than that person there. Because this person to my left or right is gonna do my job. So I gotta stay hungry, you know, and, and, and I gotta uh, stay one step ahead of, of these people here because they I mean you know, honestly my mentality was you ain't, you ain't taking my job. Yeah. So I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do, to keep my job, you know, you know. And 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 third thing, will I would have them do is is listen. But, I mean, be a great listener. You know, I mean, take take critique. You mean learn from it. You know, don't take it personal. You know, and and just you know, I mean, if I critique your swing or your attitude, your play, you know, then I mean, I'm doing it for the benefit of you. So you gotta learn. Yeah. From that, because a lot of kids, man, Shane, I tell you, man, I'm a hitting coach as well, and, and, and a coach, you know, and I try to tell kids how to. I mean, my job is as a coach is to is to teach you the fundamentals of the game. So if I'm showing you a certain way to get from point A to point B, I'm not telling you to make you be a failure. You know, I'm telling you to uh, make you a better player, and and, and they don't. You know, they don't trust you, you know, and so, I mean, that's the biggest issue that I'm having with kids today is that, you know, they don't have no trust issues. I mean, I mean, they're not hungry. They can tempt to be average. No, you know, be great. You know what I mean? Want to be great, you know? I mean, want to be, you know, be a great teammate, great leader, you know? And it just, I mean, I, and I struggle with that with kids today because they have so much talent. They just don't. They don't have the drive or the love for it, you know. Totally, you know, they won't stop handing it to them. That's so true, man. It's it's something that we all battle with as as coaches now. Yes. Is it's people are not like a lot of the athletes that we've dealt with. They're just not they're not used to winning, so they're content mm-hmm. with not having that winning culture and that winning attitude. And there is something to it. Stay humble, stay hungry, and listen. Like yes. listening is such an important aspect to it. So those three things, I'm going to encourage everybody who's listening right now, rewind that piece. Listen to what Tyrone Horn just said right there about that. So like stay humble, stay hungry, and listen. Like all those things, you can't be content with mediocrity. Like that's that's mm-hmm. what ends up like, because that's going to stem into your regular life outside of yes. sports. Yes, you got to learn those skill sets here, man. So yes. Man, Tyrone, I just appreciate you joining me, taking the time oh, out of your day. To, to, yeah, it's been a blast. blast. Yeah, you're you're an awesome uh, awesome guest here, sir, and I, I hope we can connect in the future as well. And I just hope, yeah, for the listeners out there that you guys enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Um, and if you guys did, just make sure to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're on. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you thought of Tyrone's story. And uh, we'll be coming to you next week with another one. Take care. <laughs>